From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Welcome in, everybody. Good morning. How are you? It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Oh, Lord Jesus. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, Bill George, and Nick hanging out with us this morning. We're out here in Dover at the Countryside Baptist Church. If you're going to make plans to come out a little bit later on, don't forget, wild game dinner starts at around 3 o'clock this afternoon. Load up the car, bring the kids, bring mom, bring everybody. It's uh, plenty of room. We're going to have the classic car show going on a little bit later on today as the uh, food is being served. And as everybody always knows, this is probably one of the first places that gets the first good batches of strawberries for strawberry shortcake. It's kind of like a lead-in for the strawberry festival coming up. But uh, going down the short list of some of the things you can enjoy while you're out here today, you got the uh, fried gator bites, you got crawfish, strawberry shortcake, of course, uh, swamp cabbage, uh, wild hog, venison, smoked, fried chili, burgers, venison burgers, venison chili, dirty rice, squirrel and rice, frog legs, boiled peanuts. Uh, Glenn is going to be over there on the double fryer, the big double yeah, Cajun fryer. Say, why didn't you lead with that? Because there's something in, that they're going to be able to fry up this year that you're not able to keep. Well, that would be trout. Yeah. That would be, uh, <laughs> be, be Florida caught, Florida grown. Uh, trout caught up around the Homosassa area, so it's all legal. Uh, but also he's got uh, specks and redfish, grouper, catfish, bluegill, shell crackers, and bass, all that stuff just in the uh, the fish area as well. I know they're uh, going to have some uh, Uncle John's out here again this year with the sausage and just all kinds of good food and fellowship and fun. And a little bit later on, as they always do, they always bring in a really good guest speaker. And this year it's going to be uh, Ronnie Smith, who's an evangelist and revivalist that's coming down here all the way from Georgia. So he came down if, here just to hang out. If you walk away hungry, it's your own fault. That is true. Uh, they will keep filling you up until they run out of food. Uh, and then you just move to the next booth. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always a good thing. We always did the circuit. You know, we'd come in, get the boiled peanuts first, then go back around and kind of hit Glenn second to the last and um, let him get his uh, – the, the big push out of the way first. They always hit the squirrel and rice because that's always one where people kind of walk up and go, what is this here? And, the, you know, it's squirrel and rice. Some people are like, nah, I'm not, well, I don't know if I want to try that. And uh, so it was always good. You could get in. It was like knowing Disney World back in the old days when you had the tickets. Well, I tell you. you, know, you, you had to, we'd save your good tickets till last, I, you know. I've spent quite a bit of time over the last couple of years in Glenn's booth and – you have to sample every batch that comes out. You know, you can't just let it go. And just, <laughs> I'm sitting there rolling. Any, any cook worth his salt's going to check it <laughs> you out. You got to check you it before it. you serve it. Are you able to determine which fish is by which by just the uh, flavor? For me, no. Really? No, I can't. Really? It's all good. No, there's. You could tell certain things, but I can't tell every fish is a different fish. I could tell you this is a different texture or this, you know, a little bit. You know. I don't think I've ever – I'm looking forward to – I've never had deep-fried uh, red snapper before. And I know Glenn said he had like what? 30 pounds of it. No, I always get it broiled or, uh, you know, grilled or something. But I've never oh, had it fried dude. before. 
never had fried red snapper before, so that'd be uh, something interesting that I'd be looking forward Snap, to trying. There was a crap. It was a restaurant we used to stop That's at. That's two going, weeks in a row. There was a restaurant we used to stop at going to the Keys, and they had they would have it, and I would get it. They would have snapper nuggets. Keys I mean on the on through the chain of islands to get down there, yeah. or uh, Homestead? Not around there, nothing. No, it was one of those. Once you got on A one A, it was one of those little hole in the wall restaurants, and it wasn't that crab place in Alamorado over there on the right hand side. <laughs> no, it wasn't that one. That place tried to kill me one year. <laughs> I bought the crab like multi platter sampler thing, and I mean literally, it comes. They didn't out make on you do it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I think I've tasted every kind of crab except spider on that thing. I mean, they just they they brought it out, and, I, and you can't take it home. You know, crab doesn't keep. I mean, unless it's cooked or in you a just pasta. Gotta eat it. Yes. So uh, you know, they bring you a salad and bread and all that. I was like, man, take all you that look, filler did, away. Did you look like John Candy in the Great Outdoors after pretty you much the, uh, the old '96er? Yeah, yeah, no, that was me. <laughs> Roll me out the door and put me on the beach cruiser. We got to ride back to the hotel. He's not done yet. Oh. <laughs> He's still got to eat the potato. The was, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> what's, what's that? That's all the gristle if he stuff. Does, if, he does, if he does that, will you throw in a couple hats and some shirts? <laughs> <laughs> got to eat the whole thing. Uh, anyway, we're uh, hanging out here today, getting ready for the uh, food to get underway. Uh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, seriously, we say it every year. And we never disappoint. We've gotten lucky, I think, one year out of the past nine. We had one little day where it was kind of spitty, spitty rain, and then it stopped, and then the food was ready to go. So it was all good. But we're not expecting any of that today. It's going to be a nice, warm day. be a good time to get out here, get underneath the shade of the oak trees, and just enjoy a beautiful day outside. COVID-free. It's all good. It's all good. You gonna come back and eat, Nick, or are you gonna go run somewhere? You gotta go to work or something, or is your day off? I'm off today, so. All right, yeah. I mean, speaking hey, of, there goes Bill's new turkey wagon. Speaking of eating, <laughs> have you uh, have you uh, taken that uh, big white pig of yours to the great beyond and oh, yeah. put it in we, paper? We talked about this last year, I believe. You did? Yeah, I thought oh, yeah. you still had it last well, we year. We still have bits of her, but that's about it. That's it. Yeah, wow. That was. People, Can't believe the wife gave that, that up. Yeah, well, she had plenty of it as well. She was yeah when it wasn't a different so cute. tune. Yeah, yeah when exactly. it wasn't so cute anymore. When it's six hundred pounds of trying to run around your yard, it's not super cute. It always reminded it was me super delicious. Whenever, <laughs> whenever, whenever I hear that story of how oh how can you eat that? It's so cute. And when we we would come into the radio station and we would be in camo and everybody would be like oh you and Steve. Oh, y'all going out to kill Bambi? We're like, no, we're going out to go hog hunt. Oh, I don't care about those. They're ugly. So you're basing this not on the life of what that we're taking, just on the, the appearance of it. So it's like when a pig is really cute and they're tiny and they're so cuddly and they make cute little noises. Well, then when they get to about 280 pounds, they're walking around going, brr, brr. Trying to tear down fencing and trying to get out. Yeah, and then double that size. Yeah, and you exactly. Have a refrigerator and yeah. yeah, that or just show them a nine-year-old shooting one. They don't yeah. care that way. And then, then, it's, then it's time to go ahead and just wrap it in butcher paper and use it for the greater good. Oh wait, that makes the bacon. Okay. Did you get the bacon cut like in slabs or did you get it I mean, cut? They were thick cut. Like, oh, it yeah. was. Oh, it's so perfect. Smoke those and. You really want to freak kids out? You leave the nipples on it. You leave all the skin <laughs> on it and everything. 
That way, when you cut it, you fry it up. They're like, "Ah, oh, no, what is you that? did not. Oh you yeah, did not just go there. Oh yeah, my dad used to texture. My dad you used did to not just. Go there. It would literally be the a big giant slab of bacon in the refrigerator. There are literally people listening to this show right now, fixing to eat a, sla- a slice of bacon. Going, I think in most. Uh, I think in most. Worth. Yeah. Hey, where's the nipples on these, man? Are oh, you kidding? Oh. But that was always the uh, treat when. Uh, Dad would cut those thick pieces, and there'd be those quarter nipple pieces on there. You're like, I just, I, I can't bring myself to eat that. Fry it a little longer. Plus, you got to chew on them forever. They just get bigger the more you chew on them. It's like, yang, 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 yang. They just get bigger, bigger, bigger. Oh my lord. Anyway, so uh, come on out and enjoy it. You'll have nipple-free bacon. I just had some this morning. It was extremely delicious. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. I was hoping that Alan would be listening by now. Maybe he could help us out because, you know, obviously he's our stock guy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But this uh, story came out this past week, and I wanted to bring it to your attention. It's a little bit about ammo and what's going on with the ammunition in the, uh, in the state of Florida and beyond. And we'll talk about it a little bit when we get back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Welcome in, everybody. How you doing? Thank you so much for joining us here at the Big and Wild Outdoors. Out here broadcasting live out here at the uh, at the uh, Countryside Baptist Church. Of course, it's the wild game dinner happening a little bit later on this afternoon. Oh, I if, can't look at you right now without laughing. I'm sorry. If you need directions on how to get here, it's pretty simple. It's right here on uh, Sydney Road. And if you want the, the actual numbers, it's 13422. Sydney Road. It's at the corner of Sydney Road and Gallagher is where it is. So if you Google Countryside Baptist Church Wild Game Dinner, chances are it'll pop right up. Literally right across the street from Diamond Hill Golf Club. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's some condos over there and stuff. But, yeah, it's right here down the road. And plenty of parking, plenty of stuff to run around with. And Classic Car Show coming up a little bit later on. Yeah, one one of the things, exit 14 McIntosh Road on I-4. If you just come due south from there, you'll eventually come to a T, make a left, and it's right on the left-hand side. Yep. That's not the way I come here. Well, that's you. You, you come have to, to back roads. We, we have a joke. How many bridges do you have to avoid, you know? I don't like, I don't like going over. It's all good. Because, you know, you got to lift your feet. When you go over a bridge, you yeah. got to lift your feet. And then, like, when you go through a tunnel, you put your hand on the roof. Didn't you Hold ever your do breath. that when you were a kid? I'm sitting here playing with uh, Bill George's new call that he lifted off of the table at the turkey extravaganza. What did this thing set you back for? 30 bucks? Was this a $30 one? No. 60? 190? Well, less than 190. Really? Less. <laughs> Buck 10? <laughs> Who made this one? I mean, uh, no. I mean, I mean, it says it says natural addiction, but that, that's that's, that's the just guy. the company? Yep, that's a guy. I like this ceramic. It's it's got a nice tone to it. It's not as high as aluminum, but I mean, it's I like it. It's not quite as well, quiet or soft as, as slate, but you know, ceramic. I've never I've never messed with a ceramic one before. We're a couple weeks out here in our zone from turkey season. That's that's my my big time of year for me. 
with all my friends coming in and out and moving through this this state um setting up turkey camp but uh i need to be getting out I, i'm real curious uh we got two weeks out from now and you know the youth weekend here in this zone come and i gave alan um, a couple places to go try and take a look at in richland i haven't heard back from them i don't know i don't know if those panned out if i need to go back to you know some some other areas and give them some reference. Oh, so, well, you gave him two crappy spots, so why should he talk to you? I gave him some spots where there's some feathers <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of a guy who puts feathers on the ground, we got Dennis on the phone this morning. Uh, Dennis Pulowski, of course, with Trinity Sportsman. He's uh, calling in this morning. How you doing this morning, Dennis? Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all? We're uh, hanging out here. Just got done with biscuits and gravy and a couple slices of bacon, and uh, we're pretty relaxed. Man, that sounds awesome. Well, you know, you well, can always swing by. I, I need to. I, I've got a, a bunch of yard work before we have a missions conference at our own church uh, over there at First Baptist, uh, Plant City. So, right. Yeah. Are you going to come over? You going to come over later for some food? I'd like to, but I, I, my my event starts at three. Well, so we're uh, I'm going to be tied up today. Make it quick and then get over here because usually the food hangs out till at least about uh, five or six o'clock. You might be able to find some scraps laying around. We might be able to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I was just calling to let everybody know that uh, we have our archery clinic starting up on uh, April sixth, uh, and there'll be every Tuesday, Thursday. And we had the beginner uh, archery class and the beginner bow hunter class, and. Um, we're uh, starting. We're at First Baptist Church, uh, Plant City, at the Landing, and uh, and then on May first, we have our uh, sporting clays event coming up. Nice. Yep. Well, May first. I, I know that uh, Nick was talking about how he needed a little more instruction when it comes to bow, because you probably heard his story. He had three deer come through him last year, and he was just too big of a chicken to take a shot at any of them because they were too far. They were just too far. They were out of my reach, and I didn't want to do it. And yep. I was really scared, uh, and I let them on. So he might need a little more instruction, right? Nothing wrong with that. He can make just a little it. more practice. And, uh, but I, I, you can't. If the guy don't feel comfortable, he don't feel comfortable. No. Well, you know, and we've always said that. If you're not comfortable with a shot, then don't take it. You know, no, not everybody can be a Jonathan Swindle and go, what is that, 200 yards? Watch this. Swing! You know, do that <laughs> kind of thing. You know. But, it, now, the bow hunter class, does that still get you uh, – the bow hunter certification card yes absolutely and then uh we have a hog hunt at the end of it also there you go nick you can always use a little more pork yep. sold yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, well uh, now give me the class, only 50 bucks so i mean it, 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 we provide the equipment on both classes so you don't have to have your own bow you can absolutely bring your own uh setup and uh we uh you know we encourage you to to do that if you if you have it and then uh, we just kind of fine tune what you're doing, and and then uh, we'll let you go. Well, now this again. When is it going to be happening, and where can they get more information for it? They go to our website, TrinitySportsAndMinistry.com, or our Facebook page, uh, Trinity Sports and Ministries on Facebook. Uh, and it starts April 6th, it's Tuesdays and Thursdays. The bow hunting class is four weeks, and the uh, I call it the little people class. That's only three weeks. Very nice. Sounds and, uh, good. It'll be a good time. Yeah, always will be. Uh, thanks for calling in, Dennis. And, and the Sporting no Clays event May 1st, which is May 1st. Which, which is a different day. That's that's not usually when you have it. 
It's COVID, we, bro. Well, we tried to have it in the spring. Um, last year, because of COVID and everything, we had it back uh, early, early fall. And so we had to – I wanted to get back into that springtime uh, rotation yeah. because, well, unfortunately, we were dealing with uh, – Right now, turkey season, but I'm trying to get get back into that sweet spot where it's um, <clears throat> either just after turkey season or, or right before it, and uh, so we don't lose out on some of our hunter shooters that, that come out and support us. Yeah, that's just that's just opening day in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, so Bill George probably won't be here. Yeah, no, Carlos, won't be that here. means that means Carlos, bless his heart, while he's fishing today. I don't want to rag on him too bad while he's not here. Might not lose to me this year. Oh Lord, jeez! Oh, the smack talk already beginning. Yeah, it's already the smack talk's already started, and we're oh, not even yeah. there yet. Yeah. Well, Dennis, go have a great weekend. Go enjoy your Saturday, and if you get a chance, man, swing by here, get yourself a little uh, lunch before you head home. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. See you, Dennis. Right, Dennis Pulaski, of course, with uh, Trinity Sportsman's Ministries. If you need more information, you can go to the website of that same name. Trinity Sportsman's Ministries and uh, look it up and it'll give you all the information you need on the archery classes. He's been doing them for quite a while. A lot of graduates out there, a lot of kids, a lot of families, mom and sons, daddies and daughters, all that kind of good stuff. It's actually a nice little fun time to get out there in a nice quiet environment where you got one-on-one instruction with somebody and at the end of it, you get your hunter safety dealio and you're all good. I mean, it's uh, killing two birds with one stone. I forgot to ask Dennis. Uh, he turned around not too long ago, wanted to clarify some rules on the e-bikes on our WMAs, and it can be very confusing depending on where you are, what the rules are. So look to hook him up with the the person who could answer all his questions. And I just want to make sure he got his questions in. What get, what gets me about that that whole thing is, uh, you know, the commission they they covered. They're uh, all the bases with motorized. As soon as you put the word motorized in there, it doesn't matter if it's electric or gas or combustion or anything. But I'm saying like um, like in the old days when you would come around Weed Island, all the signs out there says no combustion engines beyond this point. So, uh, you know, you could motor in with a with your uh, electric motor if you had a little uh, kicker or something like that on there. And I always said. You know, sailboat or whatever, it can pull right up there and tear up just as much grass with a keel as you can, could with a with a prop for the most part. But um, then it went to motorized so that when you're on a uh, management area type thing, that covers even electric, you know, bikes because that is a motor on there that does that. So I know you can't be out there with a YZ250, you know, a two-stroker uh, unless it's in Croom, but... Uh, you know, an electric bike, I never could see the harm in uh, something that doesn't even, for the most part, even go like 13 miles well, an well, hour. No, 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 no. Bikes actually tear up. I mean, if you turn around and you go look at the places where bikes run the same place all the time, it actually tears up. Our soil is not, not anything a very, with a knobby tires. Yeah. It actually does a little bit more than what you think. Now, for me, if, if they mow it, disc it, cut it, and do all that to it, I don't have a problem with you riding a bike. You can't tell me if you disc it once a year or once every couple of years, you're going to harm that anyways with the bicycle. Most of the ones that I see that guys are riding now are not their typical uh, medium or small tired knobby uh, off-road bike. They're big, giant, fatty 
tires, balloon tires, like beach balloon tires that really don't have a lot of tread, just a lot of surface area. And they're riding them through there, through the sand and all that. Because, you know, God, if you've ever tried to ride anything through sugar sand that's over six inches, it is Listen, it's pure hell. I mean, I, I don't care if you're on a, on a dirt bike or a truck or anything or walking in it. It's just yeah. not easy. Well, and, I also gave Dennis a few of the Bill George uh, interpretations on the laws and, and things to use just in case. But now when you say this, is there a specific – thing now that you know that we don't know about electric bikes that you can use for that scouting or if, if, if hunting? you can drive a car on there if it's open of a car you can ride any of the bikes on if you turn around and want to go on a place that's designated for bicycles or or something that's not um, like that basically your class one your category one or whatever which is your low power pedal assist type like thing it's it's not going to be your zippity zuda high-end highest end bikes out there yeah so well i don't know if you i don't know if you've priced them lately but there is no such thing as a cheap electric bike Uh, i mean uh, you're looking at well over uh, some of them five six grand but at that point is if i'm allowing a bicycle why can i not allow a combustion engine why can't you let a golf cart go through there why why can't you let some of these other things go there if they're low power or something like that? i think that's one of the reasons why they said yet to begin with is because that once you get that campbell's nose in the tent then you got guys like bill george going uh well why can't you use combustion and jonathan comes on well i got is an electric cart so uh mine's well there and again here you're looking at from a guy from a retail standpoint that looks at it and says why don't you just sell permits and Listen. make some extra money for these fine folks at the FWC and everything but else? But you know as well as I do, man, as soon as they my, see a mud hole or something else like that, it just turns into my, my electric. A melee, my, yeah. <laughs> my electric means of electric is I have a key to turn to get it started. <laughs> so, okay, anyways. Great, great law enforcement I, I, just I'll, showed up. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you my interpretation on some stuff off the air. Oh, great. So there's going to be cussing involved. Thanks, Bill George. I don't know. Is that sheriff looking at you? Yeah, I think so. That's him. Hawaiian shirt, right? All right. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We're out of broadcasting alive out here at the Countryside Baptist Church. It's wild game dinner today, man. Why else would we be here? It's awesome. We hope to see you here. Welcome back, everybody. Good morning. How are you? It is the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting live this morning out of Countryside Baptist Church. Wild game dinner, getting ready to get started. Guys are out here getting stuff ready. Smokers are being built. Fires are getting started. Grease is getting hot. It's going to be a good day ahead by all. Food's going to get out here at around 3 o'clock. And uh, we got Alan on the phone this morning who decided to call in. Good morning, Alan. How are you? Alan. Uh, uh, Alan, you, you get, uh, uh, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, how uh, you doing? What's going on? Uh, just at it working again. But uh, oh, really? Yeah, I I actually uh, reached out to Bill on 
on Thursday, but I might have his number wrong. I didn't get through to him. But uh, I pulled I pulled the boy out of school, and we, we went and uh, looked at those areas that he had uh, kindly given us to, to take a look at, and we found some very promising stuff. And uh, oh, actually, nice. called you didn't get a hold of him Thursday because he was doing his civic duty commission meeting. Commission meeting, yeah, he, he, oh, he cannot be disturbed. <laughs> Oh, I thought yeah. he was like doing some sort of work release or something. Huh? Yeah, that's oh, kind of under the, the same work thing. of the people. He was standing in front of the mirror practicing his speech that he was going to give to the commissioners. So, so you found some some good sign up there. Absolutely, found some a little bit of everything. Found some some good hog sign and uh, found some deer sign and and uh, saw a bird or two. So uh, we got a couple three spots marked uh, that we're going to try. Uh, that's awesome. Weekend. And uh, you know it's it's weird. I've been I've been complaining about the wildlife management selection process forever, and I actually figured it out a couple months ago and put in, and I actually drew a spot for opening weekend in Green Swamp. So now I got all kinds of issues. Now I got to go learn another area. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I've cut a lot of teeth in Green Swamp. Yeah, I shot a few birds there. Yeah. So. So, but, uh, yeah, we got a little something to work with now. That's good. And, uh, you know, get, put, pull the boy out of school. I don't know if that's good parenting or bad parenting. but Sure it is. Um, it was for a good cause. To, he I, got I, to put a couple rounds through the 12-gauge to give him some confidence that he can shoot a bird at 40 yards. So There you go. That'll work. Uh, how excited was he once he said uh, you guys saw a couple of birds? Kind of gets you uh, ready for the season. Extremely, extremely excited. I, you know, I'm just happy to get him out of away from Call of Duty and you know, <laughs> yes. well, I, getting him out. Well, so. a well-rounded education is good. There's a lot to life to learn that isn't in a book um, that you just need to get out there and do, and that that is one of them. So, well, he's he's getting straight A's. So I, I said, you know what, it's not going to kill him. It's probably better for him to get him out of the, out of there and. He wasn't going to catch COVID to get into a fight, so we're good. There yeah. you go. <laughs> <laughs> and and well, the other thing is, is he'll remember that day. He'll remember that day yeah. forever, being out in the woods with you, but he wouldn't remember the same day if he was in school for that day. So made a great memory. So it's worth yeah, it in the long run. Guys, well, I may I may be up that way. I got I got somebody who's going to be hunting, looking, looking to bring a kid out on Sunday. We won't be able to get him out on Saturday. He's going to be hunting a different part of the state on Saturday, but um, looking to go up that way. So I may be up that way listening and trying to see what what's out there. So we might run sure. into each other. All righty. So. Well, I don't know if you guys – I joined a little late. I wasn't sure if you covered it or not, but uh, Wisconsin had a real successful wolf hunt last week. Yes, they did, so much so that they actually shut it down. It was about, if you read it, it's almost word for word the same thing that happened here in the state of Florida with the uh, bear hunt. You know, the hunters have been waiting for seven years to go out there and do this Wisconsin hunt, and so they extended the time on it, and by the time they were done with it, they kind of went, oh, well, we kind of went over the quota. They had a limit of 119 that were supposed to be taken, and they ended up killing 216. Yeah. So just and, just um, a little I, over. Uh, yeah, well, my, I, uh, I will. My wife's uh, my wife's cousin is um, the CEO of Hunter Nation, which was a big uh, a big proponent. Who actually brought the lawsuit against the DNR and won and got them to, open, to have that hunt immediately instead of postponing it again. So uh, good. Well, I think good, she had. Some, I think she. 
Well, we need them to work on our trout redfish and snook closure. She had some help, too, because uh, President Trump, you know, when he was in office, he went ahead and removed them from the endangered list. So, uh, Oh, that guy? Yeah, that guy. So that really is what kind of stoked the fire to get it going. And, I mean, it was within months that they made that decision and then uh, opened it up for the hunt. Well, So much so. I mean, uh, reading the numbers, they had 27,151 applicants for it. And 2,380 permits became available. And out of that 2,380 uh, 2, people, they had managed to kill 216 wolves. So, well, I, yeah, in I 24 hours, by the way. In 24 yeah. hours. Yeah. Well, I will, I will tell you this. Um, you know, I, I, I rag on the FWC when, when they deserve ragging on. But when it came to running our bear hunt, as chaotic as that was and as fast as it was, they were actually able to go in and 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 modify the the time limits and everything through executive order and quickly they were prepared for that they were ready for that they yep. they they turned around they saw we were going and they shut it down and they they maybe went over just a little bit here or there but as I average on the state mm-hmm. they did not and they did a good job of that. And uh, if, if we ever get an opportunity to do that again, I think they'll do it a little bit differently. Should have shot more. So it so it doesn't go quite as fast. But, uh, you know, I hope we get that opportunity again. Well, I think well, up there they were surprised at the, 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 of where they were shooting some of these wolves, places they had no idea that the wolves had migrated to way south. That's right. And a lot of people are going, hmm, that might be what happened to Fluffy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, they actually, the state actually uh, wanted to get at least 50% of the population. That's a heck of a goal for that. And uh, they ended up getting what they determined to be around 69% of the state's wolf quota in just 24 hours. And uh, when when they went back to look at all the numbers, like you just said, they said a lot of these people... We're finding wolves in areas where they didn't think that they actually uh, they existed before. They were wondering before. why the dog, the, uh, the dog dogs. catcher, was a uh, not so busy. But what helped them was they were using a lot of guys were using dogs. Plus, they had a lot of fresh snow, so it helped to yeah. find them a little bit easier. So uh, it helped to find them. But they were, uh, as Alan pointed out, people were going, "Wait a minute! They shot those ten wolves like right down the road from here," and they're like, uh, "Yeah." And they're like, well, we've never seen them before. And maybe that's... Wolves won't let you see them unless they want you to see them. Yeah. And now people are like, well, maybe that's what happened to my pet goat. Or where where did Fluffy go? Or, you know, whatever. Wolves don't play, bro. Something that shocked them, too, is I think a lot of people don't realize just how big they are. They were thinking, you know, coyotes, you know, a little bigger than coyotes. I saw pictures of guys that were six foot, six foot two picking them up and you know their heads were even and their tails were dragging the ground those are big wolves yeah Yeah. that's uh, people you know it's television people don't realize how big something is until they're standing next to it uh you know like uh the first time that i ever saw a cheetah in in real life a lady they brought one in to the radio station one time and uh you know when you see them on tv you're thinking oh they're not probably not much bigger than a big greyhound or something, you know, they run really fast and those little impalas, you know, they're not that big. Mm-mm. Then all of a sudden they bring them in here. These things are almost 10 feet long. I mean, when you yeah. include the tip of the tail to the tip of the nose, you're like, holy moly, these things are huge. And they can move that fast. And, and uh, you know, the first time I ever saw a bison, you know, an American buffalo close up next to it, you're like, 
Who in the those those Plains Indians were the bravest people on the planet. If you're going to stand there and wing thirty pound hickory bows at this thing all day, you are a crazy man. No, oh, but it's like you're saying about the wolves. The thing about a wolf is is taking into consideration watch a wolf take down a moose, and you know how big a moose is. Well, well usually, as Alan will tell you, if you ever see it, it's two wolves that are doing all the work. The other ones are just kind of running around nipping at them or whatever, but they're, they're either it be an elk or a moose or whatever. It's two wolves that are doing all the hard work. Yeah. It's crazy because they, so, they are so huge and so big. And uh, they'll kill each other just as quickly as uh, any human being. That's for sure. If you're in the wrong territory. Mm-hmm. Well, well, Alan, I'm sorry you didn't. They had more than they more than they thought they had. They thought they had about 250, 300 animals, and then it's over a thousand. They're thinking now. So. Oh yeah, easily. Well, that's like up in Pennsylvania. They said you know the last uh, you know Nittany lion was killed uh, so many years ago. And now they're getting reports of seeing them again. So they don't think, well, maybe they're on the way back. You know. Once something gets hunted, they have a tendency to hide a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like bears sure. in Florida. Exactly. Well, Alan, I don't know if you're still doing any investing, but did you hear about the uh, ammo stock this past week at all? Did you hear any of the numbers uh, about ammo? Uh, they, they dipped a little bit this week. Um, I, I used my uh, Vista Outdoors profits in my Sportsman's Warehouse and my Smith & Weston, and I bought uh, more Jack Daniels. Because <laughs> it, it, it so I figure that's a safe one. They also make wood for reserve. So that that is you know, true. When times are good, you want a drink, and when times are bad, you need a drink. So yeah, I, I understand that booze and bibles. <clears throat> well, when we were talking about this um, uh, a week or so ago, apparently our listeners listen a lot more than I do, and someone sent me an email link that said I heard you guys talking about uh, some stocks last week, and I thought you, you might want to see this and. It was really just kind of like the ammo stock, the whole thing on the NASDAQ. And he wanted me to know that I read this, and it was crazy to think. When you think about how much ammo is being sold, they're literally reporting that um, ammo sales are up 500%. No. 500% from last year as opposed to this year. Now, this is 2021 numbers. Sales 500% in comparison to the uh, the Q3 of 2020. Literally 500%. Why higher. would they be that when you've got a guy that's wanting to take away uh, your magazine, multiple round magazines, and everything else? I couldn't understand that. But what gets me is they sell this and they tell you this and they say that they're still not making money. I mean, even though they've uh, last year their net loss was around 1.9 million. Which is better? I mean, this year it's 1.9 million. Although last year it was around 2.9 million, so they lost a million dollars less this year than last year. But uh, they're saying that it's going to stay around 317 percent increase all the way through mid-January. Mm. It's crazy. I mean, ammo sales okay. is going absolutely insane right now. Well, I know so you I shouldn't be giving them. it away. I need, a, I need a, at least a, a box of turkey loads, and you can't find them. Well, here's a, I'll, I'll tell you this. A guy came into G5 yesterday asking for turkey loads. And I told him flat out, and we tell everybody the truth, I'll say it right here on the radio, we are not putting out any turkey loads whatsoever until the event on the 6th. And the reason for that is, is because there is no buckshot available that you can find and readily available in stores. And people are buying turkey loads and duck loads for home defense purposes. 
So we don't want to sell our turkey loads to people who are either going to go shoot it at targets. I got some. It's in too my expensive. Truck. I got some buckshot in my truck, a whole gallon Ziploc bag, maybe. Well, you're a millionaire. But yeah. so, just I'm so gonna, you know, Alan, we will have it out. Shots. Hey, Alan, what I'm gauge? Gonna, what gauge gun gauge. are you shooting them? Uh, twelve gauge. But I let my son shoot. Uh, we, you know, I got to get him acclimated. But uh, he shot them little brass number eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, I, I, I might have a couple. Uh, Rounds of TSS that I might be able to lose. We have TSS for sale. It'll be all right. I mean, all of that's going to be turned loose on the 6th. But uh, before then, no, we're not going to turn it loose. It's not going to happen. I'd love to to be able to. (laughs) What's that? Am I going to have to use more ammo to get into the store than I am to actually buy it? Uh, uh, (laughs) No. I mean, it just, uh, like I said, uh, you know, people... Dude, I think that literally probably 30% of the duck loads that we sold this past season didn't get fired at any duck. It all went to people who wanted it for home defense purposes, well, whether it be I fours and fives. Anything's better than a nine or a six or seven shot. Well, yeah, you, know, you, don't, so. you don't tear up as much drywall. So. That, well, that's true. And and the only reason why <laughs> those, those big three-and-a-half-inch BB loads are still there is because it's 10-gauge. And that's the only reason why. And then once some guy comes in and has got a 10-gauge, whoop, it'll all be gone. He'll probably buy every darn box of it. So, Well, Alan, I sent you a text. You, you should get my number again on that. And uh, I think I just got it, yep. Okay. So I, I, I don't mind uh, letting a couple rounds fall off the uh, shelf of the house. You know, I'll find you some TSS if you need some. Yeah. Don't ask me because I don't give my uh, Winchester duplex loads to anybody. <laughs> Those well, out there, they don't make it anymore. They don't make it anymore, and I got five boxes left, so uh, it stays with me. <laughs> Sorry. All right. <laughs> there you go. See you, Alan. All right, Bill. We'll give you a shout. All right. All right thank man. you. Thanks for the call, man. We're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors broadcasting from Countryside Baptist Church. Today is the day of the Wild Game Dinner. It starts at 3 o'clock. Bring the family, bring the kids, bring everybody, bring your neighbors. It's going to be a good time had by all, and it's all free. And when you got a connection, it makes it a lot easier. Anyway, welcome back, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Braden, Jonathan. Bill George, Nick, you're all hanging out here this morning at Countryside Baptist Church. We are uh, getting ready for the wild game dinner. It starts up at around 3 o'clock this afternoon. Again, it is a family-friendly event, and we invite you to bring uh, as many people as you want to. It's all outdoors. It's all open air. So nothing is going to be, you know, confined. So if you've got some fears over the whole COVID dealio, I mean, you can wear a mask if you want to. Or a social distance if you want to. Stay down or wind or upwind. It's a nice breeze today, so you'll be you'll be fine. Uh, a little bit earlier, we were talking about the uh, uh, Alan and his son going out to do some uh, turkey hunting this year. And Bill George was trying to hook him up with a couple of spots. But one of the things I wanted to remind everybody of is this year, I think they canceled it last year, but... Uh, they are going to have the Ocala Outdoor Adventure Camps this year for kids. And Good I deal. know that's one of the one of the great things that you can do for your kid is 
it's basically a week-long camp that they go out and do and uh, go learn all kinds of great skills and things out in the outdoors. And when they're done with it, they get a uh, their hunter's safety certificate at the end of it. So you're kind of yeah. killing two birds with one stone on that deal. Yeah. And uh, it's the kids it, have a great time. It's a beautiful facility up there in Ocala. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Eshney, I went up and helped him a few years do uh, some youth uh, outdoor type type like events where we, you do introduce them to all kinds of things. Did it there a number of years. Really nice, really nice facility. Yeah, it's ages from uh, eight to seventeen, and uh, kids can go up there and you can do all kinds of stuff. It's a week long camp. Uh, you become uh, they can become junior scientists, which is kind of a new thing that they do this year with exploring all the ecosystems and things like that. If your kid has some uh, interest in those kinds of things, it doesn't have to be all about hunting, but also camping and everything else. And campers who actually have their already have their hunter safety course can improve by going out. They do some shooting out there, and high schoolers can build their uh, skills by going out there doing the camp opportunities. But if you go, you need to register now because that's one of those things where they fill up really, really quick. And the way you want to do it is you want to go to uh, my FWC if you want to go oh, there. Oh, wait, we can get the kids out of the house for a week? Well, they're just right well, up the road. Well, they ain't that far. you got to understand, I would send my kid in a heartbeat. Some parents, they have a hard time letting go of their kids nowadays. It's, it's, it's tough. Especially for a week. But uh, if you go to uh, – Uh, It's FYCCN, which actually stands for the Florida Youth Conservation Center's Network. If you go to uh, FYCCN.org, it'll take you straight to the page, and it'll give you a rundown of what each camp does, like 8 to 10. They have a wildlife adventures camp. They have the Pathfinders from 9 until 14 uh, years of age. And then 10 to 11, they have the Trailblazers camp that that do that. And then uh, 12 to 13, they have the Rangers one up there where if you've already completed, like I said, the safety course, they have an advanced uh, shooting sports program up there so the kids can become dead eyes. They got uh, they get to shoot shotguns and 22s and archery, and they also do uh, 3D archery kind of stuff up there using bows. And then you have the Outfitters, which is 12 to 14. That's a program up there for archery bow hunters. Uh, that expands on to where the Pathfinders lead off. So each time – if your kid goes, they learn more and more, and they learn a new skill each time they go. I know that some people send their kids there for the one time so they can get their hunter's education certificate and all that stuff and get it done. If that's what you want to do, great. But this is like a camp camp, like you you know, to see in the movies. You know, oh, no, there's Cake there's, Winnie Wonga or whatever it is they send kids off to. There's little cabins. Uh, there's many little cabins there. It's, it's, it's a real nice place. Yeah, so it's uh, – I think there's, uh, I think it's about 150 bucks. I think, think for the week or something like that. It's, it's around that price. And uh, if you want to get your kids interested in it, maybe give yourself a week off from the kids during the summer. Uh, go to fyccn.org, and that is the Florida Youth Conservation Center's network, <clears throat> and you can get your kids in there. I always said that when my kids are ready. Uh, to get their hunter's education course when B was getting close to it. That's what I was going to do. Go send his butt up there for a week, let him make friends, get him away from the TV and the phones and the Xboxes and all that stuff. And as Bill George pointed out, that whole facility up there in the northern end of the Ocala National Forest is an awesome place. And uh, they've got a great camp out there, and they've got all those woods out there to run around in. Yep. 
I mean, you got the Okawaha River that runs down one whole side of it, which, I mean. A it, controlled it's, environment. It's, it's beautiful. And it is in the middle of nowhere. So it ain't like they're going to go sneak out and sneak over to the girls' camp, like you always see in a movie, you know, or that kind of thing, or go over where the rich kids are over on the other side of the lake. This is They're there, they're there to learn, and they're there to learn outdoor skills. So if you get the opportunity or you want your kids involved, I say go for it and do what you got to do. Uh, one of the things that the commission went over this past week was not only our two cents on the opening of Tampa Bay, but also uh, they made some changes when it came to uh, turkey hunting. Did you know that, Bill George, or did what, you not care? What change did they make to turkey hunting? Well, the hunting rules, what they did for the new management area and all that stuff that they just opened up. They, well, they the, kind of the, went over all the stuff for we that. We have two new management areas, and yeah. one one is in Sarasota County. Yeah, that's going to be a beautiful place down there. And and you got to understand, you know, the hunting opportunities in this region, um, the – I know you have an opinion about Swift Mud, but <laughs> Swift Mud has not been the most hunter-friendly uh, water management district by ever, far. Ever, ever. Um, which, which, Be nice. Which, hey, I will, I will give credit where credit is due. Eric Sutton, the executive director, and I said it at the commission meeting, has done more to reach out to Swift Mud. At one point, he was a part of Swift Mud. And he has done a little bit more to reach out to try and work on increasing our opportunities there. And so I'll, I'll give him credit where credit's due. I mean, he, he's doing a good job of at least getting that conversation going, and 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 maybe he can work on that a little bit. Well, more. if you don't, if you've not heard of him at all, if this is new to you, uh, the one that Bill George was just talking about down in Sarasota County is called Orange Hammock. Wildlife management area. It's about 5,777 acres down there. And then you have the other one, which is the uh, Everglades Headwater area, the Kissimmee Bend unit, which is 3,992 acres down there in Okeechobee County. Both of these areas will have deer, turkey, small game opportunities, and currently have no public uh, hunting options. But all these new ones are going to be really established on July 1st when all the rules are set Correct. and all that kind of stuff. So. If you want to go check them out, maybe do a little uh, Google Earthing, take a look at the property. That's all I'm saying. Fly a drone. Fly a drone. Do what you got to do. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Broadcasting out of Countryside Baptist Church. Taking a quick break, you guys. We'll be right back. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay there.